Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We're three best friends from Redlands, California. We grew up ghost hunting, exploring abandoned places, and general mischief, which developed into this interest of all things dark and strange. So we decided we're going to explore paranormal phenomena, mysteries, true crime, intriguing history, and any other oddities that we want to share with each other and you. I'm Meg. I'm Jessica. I'm Nicole. And this is Dark Chatter. Translate for you guys. There's a glass of water, two energy drinks, two and different, a, two different, different energy drinks, drinks, and a vitamin water. And All a, for Nicole. And an Atala to go. That's not mine. But this is what I call my drinking problem. <laughs> I can't finish drinks. I'll get to about a quarter and these will all be done. And, and just to let you know, they, three out of the four are actually open that she's actively drinking out of. Wait, have you opened the vitamin water? Okay. It hasn't joined into the mix yet. Okay. okay, Jess, you don't have anything to drink. No, no, I'm good. I'm just, uh, Sophie's in a real barking mood right now, so apologies ahead of time for that. It's uh, like she might have a <laughs> she, She'll have Retract some commentary. Retract. She'll have some commentary on this probably a little later. But yeah, so I looked a little bit into the mysterious death of Edgar Allan Poe. Let me just say Edgar is like, to me, he's the father of like all things. Oh, I wish, honey. I wish. (laughs) If the time was right. Um, No, actually, he's kind of a little bit creepy looking. (laughs) Really really cool, not no less. Ooh, spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, but so he's all right. It's kind of a time. That's oh, incest she, is a totally different story. I mean, food. Nicole always judges my choice in men, and that's absolutely valid. But I would not say it's a judgment free zone. No. 
<laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. Hey. Admittedly, so. Davey. You're oh, yeah. Davey. Yeah, you you yeah. know, I'm all for that. <sighs> Davey. Please. Always. Marcy and Always. Right. Talk about another dark father. Right. Anyway. Right. Daddy. <laughs> Ew, not like, no. not like that. No. Oh, gross. Ew, David. More like Davey. <laughs> Um, but I was going to say, to me, Edgar is, like, the father of all things gothic and horror, and it's almost like he made it okay in this time to, you know, divulge in, in, like, the dark side of things and for poems to not be rainbows and kittens and happy and, you know, they... made it okay to be, like, a tortured soul. Yes, yes. Um, so I'll just do, like, a... So thank you, Edgar, for that. Yes, thank you. Your work lives on. Um, I'm just going to do like a real, real quick little high level bio about him before we get into his death. So he was born on January 19th, 1809 in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, He's regarded as the architect of the modern short story. He was a pioneer in the principle of art for art's sake. As before him, most writers were concerned more with moral and ideological subjects. Beyond that, Poe is, um, of course, most notably famous for the dark and macabre topics such as his poems and short stories like The Raven, The Telltale Heart, and The Cask of Amontillado. Both of Poe's parents were professional actors, but unfortunately, um, they both died by the time he was just two years old. Ooh. So sad. Oh, that's sad. Um, well, he, was a mm-hmm. he was raised by a man named John Allen. Um, I'm not I want to assume that he was named after him because Alan in his name and this gentleman's name is spelled the same, A-L-L-A-N. I didn't do extensive research on exactly who this John Allen man is. Maybe he was just like a good good friend of his parents. Um, He attended the University of Virginia, sorry, University of Virginia at Charlottesville in 1825, but only spent less than a year there due to inadequate financial support from John. From here, Edgar enlisted in the army. Um, while also publishing his first collection of poetry named Tamerlane and Other Poems. In 1829, he was honorably discharged as a regimental sergeant major and was admitted into the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Super prestigious military academy. But again, he was forced to leave due to financial inability to maintain his cadet status. He then moved to Baltimore to live with his aunt, Maria Clem. By 1835, he accepted an editorship at the Southern Literary Messenger in Richmond, Virginia, and brought along his aunt and her 12-year-old daughter, Virginia, whom, yes, he later married just a year later. Yes, his cousin. And 13. (sighs) She, yep. Hey, it is. No, I don't care. It's awful, but... I had read, and I wish I could, I don't have this book anymore, and I wish I could remember even the title. And it was fictional, but I don't know if it was, maybe had held some truth to it, but it was about Edgar Allan Poe's personal life and how this marriage for him was, he really, like, he did not, he was not in love with his cousin. It was a marriage of, um, kind of like stability and, and finance, finances, because, the, the mom, this mom and her daughter didn't have a man around. And like back then, you know, that's like the lowest of the low status. Yeah. And, you know, you had to have a man in the house, blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of needed the financial help too, because his writings didn't bring in a lot of money. Um, 
and although the book portrayed that this little girl like did fawn over him and she really did love him and, and, and get jealous of him and stuff. Um, but there, there was speculation that he did. There was an, another woman he was actually in love with. Um, but she actually, in 1847, she actually dies from tuberculosis. Ooh, what, was that two years into the marriage? No, so they got married about 36, and then she died in 47. Okay. So, but she was still, like, really young, like, what, early 20s? 21, yeah. 24. Um, so, yeah, so this was his, just, like, a brief overview of his life. Obviously, you know, not sunshine and roses, and, you know, maybe this is what contributed to, um, like you said, like, his tortured work, because he was kind of a tortured soul. Um... Here's the mysterious part. On September 27, 1849, Poe was supposed to travel from Richmond, Virginia to Philadelphia to help a friend edit some poetry, but Poe never made it to his destination. Instead, he was found barely conscious, lying in the street outside of a saloon named Gunner's Hall, dressed in someone else's clothes in Baltimore, Maryland on October 3rd. Uh, they took him to the hospital, but he spent the last of his days in and out of a coma. When he was awake, he would often thrash around so badly that he had to be strapped down to his bed. He was also so delirious that he was ne never able to tell anyone what happened to him and, and how he ended up there. But he would continu continually repeat the name Reynolds. Just a few days later, Poe passed away on October 7th. So, theories. Because of the odd circumstances of how Poe was found and his strange behavior of his last days, there are plenty of theories that surround his death, including everything from mercury poisoning to rabies. However, the one that seems most likely and accepted by many historians is that Poe was a victim of cooping. What is cooping, you say? <laughs> Megan, that was exactly my look when I read this. I was thinking I've never heard of that. Coopers, as they were called, would grab people off the streets beat them, get them drunk or high on opium, and force them to vote at multiple polling places. Oh, Jimmy Cricket. <laughs> in order to disguise the drugged-up voters, the Coopers would dress the victims in shabby clothing. This accounts for both the mental state that Poe was found in, as well as the unfamiliar clothes. Additionally, Poe was found on election day. Not a presidential election. I had to look this up, but it was a House of Representatives election. Okay. Um... And the fact that he was found in front of a saloon that also doubled as a polling place, which was very common back then, that bars would also be polling places. But did he have any bruises? Was he beaten? What I have read, there was no evidence of that. I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the side effects of opium. Would that cause the prolonged mental... If it was like, what, a quote-unquote, like bad trip if like maybe he had some kind of you know different reaction to this drug like especially if he had never taken it before like no one really knows like when you're talking about like hallucinogenics and stuff no one really knows how Wait someone's gonna act who was up for who was up for election at the time well that's was Reynolds who he was voting for <laughs> <laughs> right um I didn't get that far. I did look up that it wasn't it wasn't a pres presidential year, but it was for the House of Representatives. And I mean, this was the time of like the Whig Party. Do you guys remember that? Like 
seventh grade social studies, like WHIG. I don't really remember the specifics, but I know there was um, like people who were for slavery and people who were against slavery. And and that may have had something to do with that because being that they took him to a different state entirely because he's going from Richmond to Philadelphia, but then he ends up in Maryland. Maybe that state was trying to get all the votes that they could for a certain, you know, swing on the vote. That, that would make sense to me. But tell me, Meg, you're making that face I like you have a theory. Think, with, yeah, with, uh, I always heard that he was just an alcoholic and that, that he too. had finally, like, you know, deter- his body has, had, like, deteriorated so much. But I... I actually didn't know that he was in somebody else's clothes. That makes things really strange. But how do they know it's somebody else's clothes? Well, because it wasn't, they were like shabby. They'd be like straw hats and like really cheesy disguise, like kind of like hobo clothes. And that's not how he dressed. Yeah. And one of the articles did touch on. It wasn't black, so we know. (laughs) Right, pretty much. Um, One of their articles did touch on that. Like, yes, he had previously been an alcoholic, but he had actually joined like. Um, it was called like a temperance society back then, which okay. was basically like kind of like our AA now. Yeah. So he was like in that program. He was being successful at the time and apparently hadn't had like a drunk bender like that in a while. Yeah, but he could have fallen off the wagon. He could have, but then would he be drunk for days in the hospital like that? Like, I mean, somebody could have drunk him too. Who knows? Hence he the Coopers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could have just wanted to rob him though. I don't know. But he wasn't, uh, he wasn't a particularly wealthy man. Like, even all through his life with all of his... Back in the day, I mean, people rob people still for just whatever. A couple bucks, yeah. Why would they they pull people from other states? Doesn't that seem like a lot of work? Why wouldn't you just grab people in your state? Maybe they, he was traveling and they grabbed him and they wouldn't want anybody, like, locally because then somebody would know them. Recognize them. You know, like, oh, that's not your name. Like, what are you doing? I think we should research who was up for election and then okay. find out. Maybe there will be a follow-up after this. 1835 House of Representatives election. <laughs> so, they, does it see anywhere, like, in anything you read about who they think Reynolds is or where that name came from? No, that is none of the research, none of the articles ever explain what this Reynolds name was about. So there was like nobody, <clears throat> like nothing connected to him with that witch. Not that I could find. Maybe he was like writing a story and that was like a character maybe. Of story or something. Or maybe he did know his attacker somehow. Maybe the yeah. guy knew that he was going to be traveling. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a perfect opportunity to do this. He was found in, in Maryland, you said? Yes, Baltimore. So Robert H. Goldsboro was at Joseph Kent, Jonas Spence, but that Robert Goldsboro guy was up until October 5th, 1936. 1836. Mm, then it no, doesn't make right. sense. Okay. I saw this thing that said if we if we did uh, defund police um, who's going to solve crimes? And they said white women with podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that too. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. If only it were more true. Like, oh, I love it when I see like a crime get solved. Like, 
all these ones now because of familiar DNA, like there's just literally like once a week, like this, this long cold case has been solved due to DNA and mm-hmm. like just one after another, like me and my sister send me like updates. We're like, yes, DNA for the win again. <laughs> so the history channel has this show that I came across on like slang on demand. <clears throat> Wait, time out. I think I may have found your answer. She's like, I saw okay. the crime. Yes. So it looks like uh, Jackson, Andrew Jackson was president at the time, and he was a Democrat, right, I believe? And the Whig Party were mostly Republican, correct, if I'm That's reading, reading this right? So basically the Whig Party and the Republicans are trying to um, gain a majority in the House. So they want more seats in the House of Representatives. Okay. So maybe that's why they went to these such extreme measures to, was, to commit this voting fraud. Okay. But was there a candidate named Reynolds? Still nothing on Reynolds. Okay. So why do you keep looking? Okay, carry on. So the History Channel has a show. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on the name of it now. Bald Dude. It's like Unsolved Mysteries meets Hidden, like Lost History. Maybe it's called Lost History. Um... Was it History's Mysteries? Is it? Where he talks about all the oh, things yeah. that are missing. What did, what did we do before Google? I bet. Got Fs you in school? Found a, <laughs> a friend. Tried to pretend that you knew what the, how the Dewey Decimal school. The only information I have in my head is like mostly useless knowledge. Like I I can remember like that Blue from Blue's Clues is a girl and stuff like that. Like, I remember weird stuff like that, but, like, history, like, wig, yeah, that sounds familiar. I don't know what it means. I know it Right, like yeah, thing. like, I don't know. Like, I got it, when I was reading that, I got a flash of, like, like, my yes. eighth grade Mr. Beaumont yes. social studies book. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I, yeah, don't tell me, was, don't ask me what they yeah, did. I saw the picture of the book, the cover yes. of the book, yeah. And I remember more middle school for sure. Yeah. So uh, okay, so it's lost history. Brad Meltzer, Meltzer is the host. So it's it's really like unsolved mysteries where he's talking about like this piece of history, like an artifact. Mm-hmm. So he the original recording of the the Hindenburg disaster. So um, the first episode I chimed into the original radio recording of the guy that was recording it live at the time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the scene was missing from the National Archives. And through investigations and such, they found out that the guy who originally donated the, the, it looks like a record, but it's a radio recording, so it's a little bit different than a record mm. back then. 
he, this guy donated these recordings because he's like a radio specialist to the National Archives. And then Was he like the Ryan Seacrest of the day? No, he kind of looked like he had the handlebar mustache. So, so yes. Yeah, yes. he was hip. He was super hip. <laughs> um, he started, he found them on eBay, these National Archive recordings for sale on eBay. And he's like, what the heck? Like, I personally donated this recording to okay, the National no. Archives. So... Was he trying to catch them or something? Like, how did you do? How do you just stumble across that on eBay? But well, if that's something you're into, yeah. yeah. So, so to find out, so he wants to hunt down. Like, how the heck are these recordings out of the National Archive? He buys one, thirty five dollars, and it's the Hindenburg disaster. It's the original, and of course, it ships to him with a return address. <laughs> so he looks up the address. It's the former, like, head of the National Archives video. He stole thousands of recordings. And he totally got that space. Uh-huh. After he retired and everything. Turning them around for 35 bucks? Right? Like, come on. What year was it? The Hindenburg? No. No. If eBay was around. Yeah, it was very recent. But then, so yeah, that was like, oh my god. So, of course, I watched the next episode. And he ends the show with, if there's anything, if you have any tips or clues about the mysteries that are shared on the show, please call this or go online. Like that's all the like mysteries. So the next one was um, Geronimo's skull is supposed was supposedly stolen by Yale's. Oh, uh, the skull. Skull and bones. Yeah, yeah. So supposedly in the 1800s. Uh oh. He just reminds me of. Um, supposedly got caught like with a letter or some sort of written documentation bragging about the fact that they had broken into a military base where Geronimo's remains are said to be buried and took his skull, his writing um, leather harness and like a femur or something. Took his bones, which is like really messed up. Really, really messed up and for Native Americans, that's like the worst thing you could do yeah. is decimate a grave. That's like well, grounds for culture, for sure. Yeah. Honestly, any culture. And, yeah. and Geronimo was, is like such an iconic yeah. um, symbol. Like he was just true to his, his heritage and his culture till the very end. And so they claim that they have it in this like, it looks like a mausoleum almost, this building that is supposedly their headquarters. And it got all the way to where they were like questioned about it and they brought in a skull that was like supposedly what was seen with them, but it wasn't the skull in the picture. They brought in like a skull of like a little boy. And like they're not gonna be able to tell. Right. But there's still no like subpoena to go into their building and why? check for... Why? If they're bragging about it, that's enough. They were bragging about it in the 1800s. And get oh. this. Guess who it was that brought the skull that was not the skull into the investigation? Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> <laughs> Better. 
By the way, that would be a great episode. I've thought of doing that one before. The skull and bones. Yeah. Do it. I mean, I yes. think it would be like yes, I want you to extensive it. research because yes. I think okay. there's a lot. We can even like dedicate one whole maybe one we, whole episode. Okay, so then maybe we'll split it up and do like sections, and then because I think I feel like it's going to be a lot to a lot of research. How are we going to split it up? Okay, we'll we'll side sidebar this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listeners, tell us how you want us to do it. <laughs> Or maybe we will do the research. Well, or maybe okay. Because I'm sure there was other things like okay, yes, they stole the skull or whatever, but then maybe someone could do like the origin story of like why. Well, and like there's told tons of people that claim that they like rig and have the results of every election. Like if they want somebody president, mm-hmm. they make somebody mm-hmm. president. Like just like in Men Who Built America, the Carnegie. Rockefeller and um, J.P. Morgan pretty much paid for that president. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's how it was back then, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, so, but this show was fascinating, and then they did George Washington's missing teeth because um, he had dentures. Yeah. Uh, do you know what those dentures are made out of? They wood. were not made out of wood. No. No. I've um, always heard it was wood. People would pay to slave have, teeth. N- not even people. I mean, sometimes, but the episode talked about how. Like people in poverty mm-hmm. would be paid to let people like pull their teeth. I'm gonna pull your healthy teeth, give you some money, and I'm gonna use your teeth in George Washington's dentures. Mm-hmm. Like that type of thing. But let me just say that part where they the like holder where they put the teeth in, I believe that was made of wood. Possibly. I I saw some old tiny picture on Google. Thank you, Google. <laughs> um but yeah, so this whole sh- that's all this show is about. And then if things are still missing, um NASA supposedly, not supposedly, NASA potentially, allegedly, allegedly, potentially, um, recorded over some of the original moon landing footage because they were out of film. So they like started recording over in an archive. But how did they okay. not have a backup? A we, copy? All, we all did that in, in the, the 90s. 90s so. Yeah. So just because in the 60s you don't have a copy? It, Copy it was magnetic film. I don't know what that means, but that's what it said. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't we all do that when we had to record shows on VHS? Like, your yes. videos would get recorded sure. over because you had to watch Friends? Yeah. yeah I'm but we're sure. not NASA. I know, but... So it was highly unlikely. Well, it was on TV, so it's okay. true. Okay. Like, some scientists are really smart, but they're really dumb. Okay, this you is know? true. I will say that about engineers as like, well. Like, smart people mm-hmm. would also be really dumb. Yeah. I work with some doctors that are like smart, but like not the most common sense. Yes, this is true. Yeah. Um. So the the that was one of them, and then um, Teddy Roosevelt's like handgun that he, he like used in this big battle. Some guy literally just lifted up the case, swiped it, and had it in a closet for fifteen years. Mm. The security guard on duty at the time was blind. At this museum. What? Why? Why? Yes. I would think sight would be like a job requirement if you're uh, literally your job is surveillance. Hey. The ADA did their job there. Um, so 
this guy that swiped it, his wife was dating some guy and told the boyfriend about her husband's <laughs> stolen artifact and he turned him in and turned down any reward money. He was like, no, I just want history to be where it belongs. So I like, you just wanted to give back to yeah, girlfriend's yeah. husband. Why would you steal something like that and then hide it in a closet for 15 years? So Steven and I had the same conversation. And he was like, I don't know, sometimes you just want a piece of history. And yeah. I was like, well, and also kleptos, like, yeah. and you can steal it. And, like, the thrill, like, this is, like, a high-level thing, I guess. Yeah. But still, like... But supposedly, Teddy Roosevelt actually popped somebody with this gun. Mm-hmm. In battle. So, it was kind of a big deal. Anywho, the show's awesome. Mm-hmm. I might get some segments off Wait, of it. what's yeah, it called yeah. again? Lost it reminds Fire. It reminds me a lot of Mysteries at the Museum. Have you guys yeah. seen that one? I yeah. love that show. Um, I haven't, I've only watched like one episode and I always mean to watch more, but I've watched I just a lot of you. No, most of the time they're good. Sometimes, you know, the artifacts are like, eh, I don't Lost care History about with Brad and. Is it Netflix or what? History Channel. I saw it on Sling. Um. It might be on one of those. It might be, though, because History Channel's The Curse of Oak Island. And Ancient Aliens, I think, is is on on Netflix. Okay, let me put this on my watch list. Oh, but really quick, I do. I didn't get to say my sources for Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, Poetryfoundation.org, Britannica.com, and Grunge.com. Does anybody think that it's strange that his name is Poe and he wrote Poetry? Oh, <laughs> I just thought of that right now. Sorry, because you said don't don't be sorry. Sorry, I have never thought of that. I, I just, that, that just came to me. My brilliance was called poetry. deep. You're such a deep thinker. No, <laughs> just envy, envy you for that. Um, I was just thinking the cast of Montiato. Montiago. Mm-hmm. I always say Montiago. <laughs> Montiato. Yes, that was one of my. Favorite ones to read in critical nature. That was a good one. That was a real freebie. But to tear it apart and like analyze it psychologically. Oh, yes. that was my favorite. That too. Good job, Jessica. Good job. You know, I have a whole um, portion of my Halloween decorations is uh, Raven Nevermore themed. Yes, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I That's have cool. the little, it's the Raven, it looks like the book, but it's a box. Mm-hmm. And then I have the candles that say Nevermore on, but they're fake candles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a whole section because Brandon likes Edgar Allan Poe, but his name also means Raven. Brandon. So it's just when I see it, I have to buy it, you mm-hmm. know? I don't have as many Halloween decorations as I would like. That shit didn't say it's me, and I was like, nobody does. Nobody Mainly because my husband refuses to store things, so I have to keep my collection small. I really wanted to buy that 12-foot skeleton from Home Depot. Did you see it? Yeah. You should. You should have just done it. Well, he was like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to store that thing. What about like, You guys have a house with two spare bedrooms and a garage and like a crawl space. And they're packed. Well, yeah, what, about, the what about like the top of the garage? It's full. Okay, we'll get rid of some stuff. Yeah, you can make, you can <laughs> you make room for a 12 foot skeleton. Can you get rid of your baby spits things, okay? The skeleton is your priority now. Yes, but I had a perfect plan for him. I wanted to put the skeleton on the roof, climbing over the roof, 
and every season changed his appearance. Like, put a Christmas hat on, mm. have him holding a, a heart at Valentine's Day, a what about picture of like beer. A, a bow and arrow instead of I'm, I'm down with all of that. Right? Like, okay. it would be awesome. But, and it would seriously limit, because the house next door is for sale, I want to make sure that it's only, like, my kind of people. Okay. So, 12-foot skeleton might deter mm-hmm. those, okay. all the regular the people. The all the Karens. Yes. Okay, but here's the thing. I'm not allowing you to be the one to go up on that roof at any time. Oh, come on. No. No, she's right. I sprained my entire back? No. That was one time. And how many How many times have you sprained both ankles? Never at the same oh, time. Oh, at the at same, same time. time. Yes. Okay. So I have weak ankles. <laughs> no, that's not... <laughs> That's not the problem. <laughs> I've only done it in front of you both once. Oh, in front oh of us. God. You almost want to get your Nikki, you are not allowed on the roof. That's just bottom no. line. And I'm sure I'm sure Stephen will agree. He let me on a ladder to paint the whole freaking living room. Okay, but that's indoors. You can't fall that far. Like off a roof is a different story, girl. I would be fine. No, no. I'll come over to your house. I'll, I'll hook you up with that skeleton, but you're not going on that roof. Fine. As long as I get the skeleton out of the deal. Okay, fine. We'll do it. <laughs> Me and Jessica will be up there. Okay. Um. Alright, somebody do Yeah. Yeah, someone's next. Alright, so. Picture. Sicily. 1630. Julia Tofana is the leader of a poisonous network that spans across Sicily, Nepal, and Rome, providing black market services highly in demand. Her underground empire includes cunning women, backdoor apothecaries, crooked clergymen, and fortune-telling witches solely dedicated to the sale and distribution of poison. Though Tofana is often portrayed as an evil, sinister, her original reputation was more of a friend to the lower class women because the bulk of her clientele was made up of abused women from poor and working class rather than the black widow gold diggers of the upper elites. Uh, It's reported that she was born somewhere in Palermo, Sicily, around 1620. Her mom is sometimes credited with creating Aquatofana, which is the poison um, that she allegedly used to poison Julia's father before being imprisoned and executed in 1633 by way of public drawing quartering. Yeah. Wait, what's quartering? Like, isn't that where they? Isn't that where they tie your each arm and each leg to another oh, rope and they pull apart? Isn't that it? No. What's that? Um, isn't that where they take, like, they draw out your entrails? Ooh. Either way. <laughs> Either way. I'm not going to, I was going to look it up, but I'm not going to look it up now. Yeah, there's probably going to be some images so that I can't get out of my head. Okay. So, either way, it was a horrible way to die. Yeah. And that is how her mom died. And in the years afterwards, uh, historic accounts claim that Tofana, Julia, did the same thing to her own husband. And then soon after his death, she moved her operation to Nepal with her daughter. 
whose name I cannot pronounce, and and then they settled in Rome. So one thing I had to look up was what does cunning women mean? Because it was often like in quotations. Ah, so I looked into it. It was a term used to describe witches, sorceresses, and folk healers. Among her other employees included wise women, astrologers, alchemists, shady apothecaries, backstreet abortionists who, between them, told fortunes and cast horoscopes, sold love potions and lucky charms, cured toothaches, and offered to dispose of unwanted babies or unwanted husbands. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The unwanted babies part is so not cool. But husbands we get. Yeah. Unwanted husbands. Yeah, we get. All the time. It is that said that she may have employed well over 200 people. Quartered is just you're cut into four pieces. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That must have happened last. <laughs> Look up drawn. Drawn. Okay, so to be hanged, drawn, and quartered was um, the convicted traitor was fastened to a hurdle or a wooden panel and drawn by a horse to the place of ex- execution where he was then hanged Almost to the point of death, emasculated, disemboweled, beheaded, and quartered, chopped into four pieces. Yes. So all of the above. Yeah. There was uh, horses. There was disembowelment. Like there was overkill. Like, come on, pick one. Just get over it. You know, that's in her Okay, so she had rumored over two hundred employees, and she also recruited a Roman Catholic priest, Father Giacomo into her organization. Due to his brother being an apothecary, he was responsible for providing arsenic supplies in bulk. At the time, it was quite common for priests to secretly take part as black magicians. Their primary service included blessing ingredients, concocting love potions, and acting as a middleman in the sales of all forms of black market poisons, charms, books, or communities dabbling in the magic or fortune-telling. Those with unwanted pregnancies or even wealthy people looking for discretion in their illegal serum purchases. So though she was most famous for providing poison to those within her own network, she also offered many black market items for sale, including popular magic merchandise ranging from wands, grimoires, incense, all the way to Sexually alluring items such as love potions, breast milk, and dried menstrual blood. Blech. I don't, want, I don't want to know what no. they do with that. No. Man, no. people were so weird back then. Back, back then. then. Well, okay. Jeez. 
Like, mm. I'm sure that I wouldn't call that a common practice I, now. Uh, Are there still don't... people that drink or that, like, eat their placenta to this day? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, apparently those are like full of vitamins or no, disgusting. I I, but um, isn't that cannibalism though? Like, is it cannibalism when you're eating yourself? That's like self cannibalism or auto cannibalism. But I mean, the person doesn't die. It but the person matter. didn't die for you to it's eat. Still it's still legal I could chop off your arm and eat it, and you would still be alive. But it would be cannibalism. True. But the placenta is already outside of your body. It doesn't. It, it's not something that's meant to stay in your body. Okay, but so you would actually get really it's... sick if it stayed in your body. Yeah. So why are you putting it back in your body by digesting it? It's still. I don't do it. I'm not. I don't do it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't want to offend any of our listeners. There was this book that I read, and uh, it was uh, Chuck Palin. Oh yeah, he's real twisted. Oh my god. Okay, so they were like this writer's retreat or whatever, and they were like a, um, like 12 writers or whatever um, uh, in an old theater, I think, and they all started dying off because the madman that like created the whole thing or whatever didn't leave them any food or anything, and there was this girl and they thought she was dead. So they started cutting pieces of her thighs and like her butt. And they cooked it, and they were all standing around eating it. And she walked out, picked up a piece, started eating it, and realized what she was eating, and then dropped it. What the heck? Isn't that gross? Those beyond that's, gross. Okay, no, that's not even the grossest part of the book. I but I don't I want you, you to tell me I because tell I think we had this conversation a long time yeah, ago, and I was like, no, don't tell no, me. <laughs> you don't want to know the grossest part. Yeah, no. Okay, yeah, no. just as a little queasy. Okay. So, aside from dried menstrual blood, <laughs> most of her services, most of the services provided by her so-called cunning women, uh, one such as Francesca La Sarda, provided insight into ancient magical tradition that had been kept underground in Europe since the rise of Christianity. Such information about magical ointments and potions not only pers- not only preserved age-old European methods into proto-herbal medicines, but also helped maintain intrigue among eager (laughs) customers willing to purchase fortune-telling sessions, remedies for headaches, and energy, in some cases, liquid medicinal options for unwanted pregnancy. Aquatofana was created with what amounted to supernatural powers and for hundreds of agonizing deaths. This concoction, which was originally created in Palermo, Sicily, by Tofana's mother, was said to be tasteless, scentless, and the effects was to mimic that of someone dying of the common cold. Because of the era in which sudden, sudden deaths was commonplace, the poison was undetectable by surgeons when performing their autopsies, as it was indistinguishable from natural causes. In the 17th century Italy, there are very few options for women besides marriages. Uh, they could range, you know, from sex work, becoming a nun, or a servant. So, with those it choices, yeah, um, with those choices, marriage was often um, contractual and loveless. So, the majority of her clients were abused housewives of lower working class, and for the most part, she catered to the unhappy women trying to escape abusive mm-hmm. relationships. So. Yeah, you hit a woman. She poisoned you. In 1650, a young woman attempted to poison her husband with aqua tofana, and she but she failed. 
and resulting in her husband angrily beating her until she confessed to purchasing the poison through Tofana's network. She was then delivered to the provincial authorities for further torturous interrogations. She finally admitted to the act leading to an investigation into Tofana's network. And so Tofana went into hiding and was granted sanctuary in a church where she continued to make the poison and distribute through a new network of nuns. We just looked at each other and we knew. <laughs> Clearly we're Disney fans and thought of the same <laughs> punchback of Notre Dame. It's just on TV the Um so uh so she was still distributing it through a new network of nuns. But somehow it was claimed that the poison was used to poison the local water supply. And because of that, they turned her in. She was tortured until she confessed to the death of over 600 men between 1633 and 1651. It's said that in 1651, Tofana, along with her daughter, and 40 of her customers and six other assistants were executed in Campo de Friori in Rome. <laughs> um, after her death, her body was thrown over the wall of the church that had provided her with sanctuary. That's messed up. Um, so one of the main reasons why I liked this story so much was like, she's a serial killer, but she doesn't fit the profile, like a regular profile. She's like real killer. Yeah, um, she reminds me of like Robin Hood for women, except not about riches, but about like revenge. And she wasn't actually doing any of the killing herself, so it wasn't like she was getting so Charles Manson. She wasn't getting gratification out of right. watching somebody die. And she wasn't doing it because she yeah wanted to kill people. No, she did it to keep people safe. Yeah. So um, there's also conflicting stories that about her death. Like some people say that she wasn't caught. Some say she was caught and tried, but never put to death. Uh, the most common recount was that she was arrested and, and executed with all of these people. But uh, I also read that even though she was executed, the production and sale of Aqua Tufana continued even after her death. So um, <clears throat> my sources for this one were, again, Ancient Origins, uh, Juliana, Julia Tofana, Queenpin of the Criminal Magical Underworld by B.B. Wagner. Uh, Wikipedia. I'm surprised I've never heard of her. I had never heard of her, and then I read the article, did my research, wrote my segment, and then she was popping up all over the place. Hmm. So I originally said I didn't hear of her, but you have. as you're reading the story, I did hear of her. Because I told you. <laughs> I realized that I had heard of her prior to you telling me. Okay. Um, um, I keep imagining that the way those the women did it was like, you know, those like old school, I think he used to have one, the poison, poison rings, rings yeah. where they would like hide the poison in a little ring and then flip the cap and then dump the poison in the drink or whatever. I keep imagining all, that's how all the women did this. <laughs> they all had poison rings. I hope so. I hope that came with like. That was the buy package. Two, yeah, buy two doses, get the ring free. <laughs> um, you had one, right? Didn't yeah, you? I yeah. Um, I read somewhere too that it could be made to look like makeup, so it would come in like almost like a compact, mm-hmm. um, and then you could 
poison it however mm-hmm. you want it. But yeah, for the most part, like I read in some places that wealthy women did purchase it to get rid of husbands so that they could get the inheritance and get the finances and stuff. But primarily it was abusive, bad relationships that were. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing the disappearance of Evelyn Grace Hartley. On the night of October 24th, 1953, 15-year-old Evelyn Grace Hartley disappeared while babysitting a 20-month-old while babysitting a 20-month-old little girl in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Evelyn was hired to babysit by a college professor, Vigo Rasmussen, and his wife. They were planning to attend the town's homecoming game that night, along with most of the town. Wait, Rasputin? Isn't that the bad guy from Anastasia? Rasputin. Okay. Close. Um, Real close. Still sounds like a villain. I thought she was going to say Viggo Mortensen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he's probably not the villain. I mean, he's at the homecoming game when this happens, so. A likely excuse. Okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'll prove you wrong. Uh, Evelyn was hired as a replacement babysitter due to the fact that the family's regular babysitter was also attending the homecoming game that night. Evelyn had planned on studying while the little girl slept, and she had brought along a few school books with her. She was supposed to call her father to check in at 8.30, but she never did. And when her father called several times but got no answer, he became worried and decided to go, to go check on his daughter. Um, he got to the house around 9.20. Hey, I'm sorry. I think I missed this part. How old was Evelyn? 15. Okay. It was. She was actually like a month short of her 16th birthday. Okay. Um, she was a straight-A student, too, so she wasn't like the kind of kid that would like run away or anything like that. Um, hey, smart people can still run away. Okay. Well, anyways. Um, <laughs> Um, We're not saying they're not smart, studious. Normally, studious yeah. people um, are too responsible to just do that. Yeah. It's more of like the erratic type. Okay, so her father found all the doors locked and the lights and the radio on. Um, he checked all the doors and windows. They were all locked, so he did find one window in the basement that was open, so he climbed through the window because... He didn't see his daughter anywhere while looking in the windows, and the baby was still asleep in her crib, but Evelyn was not there. The living room furniture and Evelyn's school books were all out of place. One of her shoes and her broken glasses were found on the living room floor. Her other shoe was found in the basement. Uh, There was a stepladder found under the window of the basement, and three other windows showed signs of somebody trying to pry them open Footprints from a pair of sneakers were found on the basement window box in the living room. And, no, that doesn't make sense. Basement living room? What's a basement window box? And in the living room. Okay, so the footprint, a basement window box is like, if you go, we don't really have basements here in California, but like, basements sometimes can have windows and the window box will be like in the ground and it's just like a box oh oh oh, okay yes yeah so that there could still be a window but it's like below ground okay got it okay so anyways the footprints from a pair of sneakers were found on the basement window box and in the living room that's the right there we go um and there was a significant amount of blood found in the basement near the window and outside in the yard. They were both 
tested and turned out to be Evelyn's blood type. One of the blood stains was 8 inches in diameter, so it was a pretty significant amount. Um, this was in the 50s, so they really, the only kind of testing they had was blood type. Um, I didn't see anywhere what type of blood she had, because I know some are like super common and some are less common, um, so I don't know, but it was her blood type. Um, there was a bloody handprint on the wall of a garage about 100 feet away from the Rasmussen house, as well as blood stains on another neighbor's house. Uh, police believe that she was carried or dragged through the yard and blood pulled twice when they stopped for a bit. Tracker dogs traced her scent for two blocks and then they lost her trail. They believe that she was put into a car at that point. A neighbor reported seeing a light-colored car circling the neighborhood around 8 p.m. Another neighbor stated that they heard screams around 7 p.m., but they just thought that it was children playing. Two days after her disappearance, a man came forward to say that around 7.15 on the night that Evelyn had disappeared, he had almost hit a two-toned green 1941 or 1942 Buick, which was speeding westward. He said that he noticed two men and a girl inside. He assumed that they were headed to the homecoming game as he was. One man was driving, and the other was in the back seat with the girl, who was slumped forward with her head leaning against the front seat. He said that he had seen the same people a few minutes earlier staggering down the street near where the blood was later found. Since he assumed that they were headed to the homecoming game, he didn't notice the significance of what he saw, because at the time that he had seen them, nobody knew yet that Evelyn was missing. Several days after her disappearance, a pair of women's underwear and a bra that could have been Evelyn's were found near the underpass on Highway 14, two miles south of La Crosse. They were stained with blood, and a blood-stained pair of men's pants <coughs> were found along the same road four miles away. It is unknown if the pants are connected to Evelyn's case. A neighborhood, a neighboring home had also had cry marks on their doors and windows, but apparently the perpetrator had not been able to gain access. A pair of size 11 blood-stained Goodrich sneakers were found in Coon Valley area, southeast of La Crosse. They were dumped there only a short time before they were discovered. The soles had a suction cup pattern very similar to the footprints found near where Evelyn was last seen. And the blood on the shoes were her, was her type of Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, investigators believe that they were worn by her abductor, and inside one of them was a single human hair. Authorities contacted the manufacturer of the sneakers and learned that that particular model of shoe was sold in Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, and Illinois. Based on the pattern of wear on the shoes, investigators believe their owner worked with machinery. The shoes also had a distinctive wear pattern on the sole, suggesting that their owner frequently operated a wizard motorbike. Investigators also determined that two different people had worn the shoes and the second wearer's feet were too big for them. 
within 800 feet of the shoes was a blue denim jacket and bloodstains with bloodstains on the front and back sleeves. The jacket had some metal base paint flecks on them and it had been cut off on the bottom and hemmed with white thread. Um, there were worn marks running the entire width of the jacket under the armpits, possibly from a safety harness. There were um, fibers that the kind used in scrubbing brushes in the left-hand pocket. The blood on the jacket was Evelyn's type, and the blood smears found at the house she was taking, taken from were made by a cloth, which was similar to the characteristics of denim. Authorities believe the jacket was worn by her kidnappers. However, it appeared to be too small for the for a person big enough to wear a size 11 shoes. I don't know how they can determine that. Proportions, possibly. I mean, I'm tall and I have small feet. That's true. Yeah. Um, one investigator concluded, based on the pattern of wear on the jacket and the way it was cut off, that whoever owned it worked as a steeplejack. Um, do you guys know what a steeplejack is? Does it look like I would know what a steeplejack is? I think... <laughs> A steeplejack is the the lumberjacks that go up the tree and uh-huh. cut, I think. Let me Google. Look it up. Um, let's see. Evelyn's kidnapping sparked one of the biggest searches in Wisconsin <clears throat> history, and they searched local. So, sorry, but you weren't wrong. A steeplejack is a craftsman, craftsman who scales buildings, chimneys, and church steeples to carry out repairs or maintenance. Which would explain the safety harness. Okay, but I said it was a lumberjack. You were close. <laughs> okay, well, anyways. Um, let's see. Um, among, among other extreme measures, investigators conducted mass searches of local vehicles, and they gave lie detector tests to all the students and teachers at Evelyn School. That's a lot. Wow. Um, they took the shoes and jacket to 31 different communities in the area and displayed them to an estimated 10,000 people, but nobody recognized them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Many suspects were questioned over the years, but there was not enough evidence to implicate anybody. Some people suspect that Ed Keen may have been involved in Evelyn's case. You guys know who Ed Keen is. The name is so familiar. So he was... um. Like, a, he was a serial killer, but before he started killing people, he was, like, obsessed with his mother, and when she died, he dug up her body, and he would dig up other bodies. So Norman Bates and, style? Okay, so, yeah, Norman Bates is based off of him, um, Silence of the Lambs oh. is based off of him, and also Leatherface, because one of the things he did is collected body parts, like, he would, um cut the faces off people, Ooh. he had lampshades made out of human skin, so he had, like, lips hanging from, like, the drawstrings oh, on the blinds, he had, like, skull caps that when? he would use as bowls in the 50s. Ugh. Yeah, he was horrible. Um, he, but he only actually killed two people. They were older women, and they were people that he knew. Um, at the time, he was staying with relatives just a few blocks away from where Evelyn disappeared, oh, wow. but he didn't know her. There was no evidence that he knew her, and um, he, like I said, went after older women because he, like, was obsessed with his mother, and that's mm-hmm. why he was doing the killing. Well, and it was two perpetrators. 
I mean, suspected. They don't know if the car that they saw was actually her, the two people in the car with the girl. They don't know for sure if that was her. That's just speculated, yeah. Um, So I guess when they searched Ed Gein's house, um, they found, uh, like, a younger girl's dress. Um, And also, you probably don't want to know this, but... Two vulvas from a young girl, but he would dig up graves and cut body pieces off of that. So that's tell me he didn't. Well, why else would he have those? Oh, okay. Okay, so he ended up in a mental institution. So, um, yeah, and so I don't. I personally don't think that he took Evelyn or anything, um, and why would they do a lie detector test on high school students when it sounds like all of the evidence on the clothing would suggest an adult? Well, they could have been wearing anybody's clothes. They could have borrowed their dad's jacket or whatever. I don't know. Um, I think they just didn't have really any leads to go on, so they went in literally every direction. I know there were some people that were saying um, they suspected that she um, ran away with a boyfriend, but she hadn't. There was no evidence of like her ever having like a steady boyfriend, so maybe that's the direction they went. Like we're interviewing students regarding that. Um, because I can't, I mean, it sounds like she, she was a straight-A student. She sounds like a good kid. I don't know why they'd be interviewing, you know, the, mm-hmm. but, and, and I think because most people were at the homecoming game, a lot of the neighbors weren't home when this happened. Wait a second. When homecoming games happen, teams from out of town come in. Mm-hmm. So that could have brought, been a perfect excuse, like, out-of-towners mm-hmm. coming, you know. Yeah, and... Um, or, like, passing by, passer throughs I don't know. So some people were saying um, that she was targeted, but she wasn't their normal babysitter. She was filling in mm-hmm. just for the night. And um, so maybe the actual normal babysitter was the actual target. But the fact that, I, that they found Primarchs on another house... Makes me think it was just like random. Yeah, I think they just they could have broken into the house looking to rob it, and they weren't expecting anybody to be home. Um, another thing that I heard uh, that I had read was that that family had recently moved to the neighborhood, and they hadn't yet put up any curtains, so all the windows were wide open. They could have just seen nobody else was home. This was the only house that had mm-hmm. any lights on. And they saw a young girl inside by herself. Yeah. They might not have even known that the baby was there. I was going to say, was there clarity on if it was a two-story house or not? Um, I don't remember. I know the baby was in bed, and um, they they said that the Rasmussens had told her, put the baby to bed at 7, let her just fall asleep on her own, go back at 7.15 and cover the baby. So when the dad went up, the baby wasn't covered, so they think it happened between mm-hmm. 7 and 7.15. But if you know babies, they move mm-hmm. when they sleep, so I don't know if that proves anything. And if that baby looked a seriously heavy sleeper to not have heard a struggle? I get it. She could have fallen back asleep. I mean, the dad didn't... If she was taken around 7 or so, and the dad didn't get there until 9.20, the baby... 
could have woken up during the struggle and cried herself back to sleep, but at that point... It's true. But then the killer would have known the baby was there. Maybe they didn't care. The baby it's was, not like it would be a witness. Right, that's what I was just going to say. They couldn't use the baby as a witness. And maybe also the dad knew that the baby wasn't covered if, like, the... If the, um, the blanket wasn't even in the crib. Maybe it was, like, she would have had to actually put oh, yeah, the blanket true. in the crib to true. cover her. So, it just said the baby wasn't covered, but that's a really good point. Like, the parents might not have wanted to have the blanket in there when the baby's falling asleep because of, like, SIDS and mm-hmm. all that. That would make sense. <clears throat> so, yeah, they never found her. Um, they don't know what happened to her. She, it's really sad, and, like, her, she's, like, really cute, like, picture she's just like like look how cute she is you know who's the dude that's ed gein um so but look how cute she is like she does look like just like super innocent like 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 no one like she wouldn't have any enemies who would want to do this to her so i don't know that's crazy what happened to her it's super sad but if she was like if she were still alive if she were still alive today, she'd be 82. So the chances of this, you Never know, and I don't know. I wonder if they kept like her, like the blood stained clothes and stuff mm-hmm. like that, because it could Do have you? more than just her blood on it. Um, but I don't, um, I also heard that um, her family members that are still alive don't want to um, like contribute to it. Like they just want like the past is in the past. Mm-hmm. And they just don't want to like give anything up, give any DNA samples or anything like that. But I, I can't imagine like I would be like I'd be. I want to know. I yeah. you would. I'd yeah. be like investigating on my own if she was if I was related to her. I mean, I'm pretty much investigating her, and I'm not related to her. Yeah. You know? like, but if my DNA was like possibly the key, heck yeah, you can have my DNA. Yeah. Like, I just. Even if the killer is already dead, which is likely, but still, you just, you know, to get that closure and to just know. Yeah. Just know what happens to her. I mean, she might have been, her body might have actually been found and she's a Jane Doe somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just because it's been on my mind a lot lately, like I've been seeing the posts and different stories on it, like sex trafficking and like child abduction for those reasons. Like, Mm -hmm. A pretty young girl, right? Like, I think the that's not consistent with normally. There's not. It's not like a bloody crime scene. Yeah. Like even if she did have to, like maybe she did fight her attacker. Yeah. But from what I understand, sex traffickers. That's more of a psychological. Like they lure these kids. Like they Mm -hmm. get these kids to almost go willingly. Nowadays, that's what it was like. True. But no, you're right. It doesn't fit the. The mold, like, yeah. the and they did say that the amount of blood found, like throughout their multiple pools of blood, they were pretty sure that she had died just by the amount of blood mm. that was found. She had died there, yeah. Poor thing. It sucks. I know. Wouldn't that be crazy to to be, be that, that baby? baby? Yeah, to like grow up and then hear this story and and think you're in that house when that girl got murdered. Mm-hmm. Do like hypnosis or something to try to like get those memories. No, I don't know when you're when you start actually like developing and like quote unquote saving memories. I don't know. 
Because, like, I can, re- I can maybe remember some things when I was, like, two or three, but 20 months? I don't know. That's just shy of just two. Just shy of two, but... <laughs> I mean, sh- she probably didn't see, like, their faces, if anything. Yeah. She only heard stuff, like, how... It wouldn't they... have been, like, significant for her to remember. Yeah. But then, I mean, possibly, if you could remember, I heard two different male voices, or she talked to them like she knew them, or... I mean, I know it's yeah. impossible, but... That's, that sucks. So, I mean, Rasmussen, it, I never saw anywhere that they considered him a suspect anywhere. He was at the home coming game with his wife, so. Yeah. I mean, I I would just think maybe somebody that, yeah, came into town for the game, like a drunk college, I don't know, drove by and just happened to see a, a beautiful young girl in the window. I also wonder. Oh, my sources are, sorry, um, the Charlie Project. And uh, Reddit. Hmm, okay. What's the Charlie Project? The Charlie Project is a really awesome website run by this girl named Megan. Um, she, Naturally. It's um, pretty much a catalog of, um, I think it's only American, but people, missing people. And um, Charlie is based off of the Charlie Ross disappearance, which is like one of the first like documented cases of kidnapping in um, the United States. And um, she just started it um, because she felt like there needed to be like um, like a collect somewhere that had all like of them database. listed. Yeah. yeah, and she just does it herself, and she updates it regularly. Um, she's like. I trust her. Like, she leaves stuff out if she, like, doesn't, if it's only in one source and she doesn't trust that source. Um, she has, she's in contact with, like, a lot of the families um, of mm-hmm. these people. And a lot of times she gets, like, information about these people from the families directly. Um, like, her websites are really, like, I trust her website. Like, it's not, like, she's not doing it to be sensationalized or anything. And I think a lot of... Um, uh, like police departments will like go to her website for information sometimes too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they would have checked, but like, I wonder if there were any similar crimes in neighboring, like in the town that was visiting them. I guess I don't know. I didn't look into it. That sucks. I know, but I After used to her family too. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I used to go onto like the Charlie Project website like all the time and just read through like mm-hmm. each case. Um, but like I started chronologically, like from the beginning on. But like some cases just like really like stuck with me, you know, like I can just like picture their like their pictures that she has on the page of like those people. I remember their names. So like this was one of them that just like really like stuck with me just because she's just you know, doing something completely normal, and she was a good kid, and, you know, it's, a, it's just really tragic. Yeah. Awful. Sorry to be such a downer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us for Dark Chatter Podcast. Please like, follow, rate, and review. Reviews help us reach potential fans, and we would really appreciate it. Follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Dark Chatter Podcast and on Twitter at Dark Chatter Pod.
We would love to hear from you. Offer us feedback. Is there something that you would like us to cover? Email us at darkchatterpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, bye. Bye.